Hello everybody, welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. We're back again ahead of this week and looking back at a interesting Premier League weekend, you've got to say, where uh, most of the big boys won, uh, Manchester United didn't, and uh, I've got a feeling we'll be talking about them a fair bit today. So, uh, I'm Mark Jones again, looking sort of checking in for, for Aaron Flanagan, who I, I think we've lost him, I'm not sure where he is, he just didn't turn up to work anymore. <laughs> I like it how you're Mark Jones again. I am Mark Jones again. I am. I'll see you I am tomorrow. But, um, uh, and, and here to take the mick out of my terrible presenting over the next half hour is uh, Matt Lawless. How are you? No, I'm good, mate. I'm Matt Lawless again. So, again, which still. Which is not always good, but yeah, it's all right. And there's also James Whalen. James, have you any update on Fanners whereabouts? Is he... he uh, I, I think he's alive. Beyond that, I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Rumour has it, he's, he's off on his travels somewhere. Again? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. more old is than Thomas Cook. <laughs> yes, yeah. Judith Chalmers, we call him. But. Yeah, um, all right then, so uh, he's not here, we are, and we're going to start off by um, really the team that sort of dominated our day in the office pretty much today, Manchester United. Um, ever since the weekend, they, they've been the talking point. They drew with Watford um, 1-1 on Saturday, really disappointing performance, disappointing result, and they're even further behind the top four now, James. It's, can they get back in touch with them? Yeah, I think you thought after after they went a goal up, even though they weren't sort of playing brilliantly, Fred took his goal well, and you thought, all right, they'll, they'll sort of kick on now and, and get three points um, against the Wolves team that have you know they themselves had a really good start. Um, but you know, Wolves came back into it, brilliant goal by Martino, lovely strike, and then um, you you know they, they were fully worth a point, and you know on another day they might have even nicked it. So yeah, pro- problems for Mourinho, obviously. Pogba's come out with some rather interesting quotes uh, in the aftermath of the game once again. Uh, he's since gone on social media and sort of suggested we're twisting his words, which I can't believe anyone would ever accuse us of. Have you worked out the meaning of polemic yet? No, okay. I still don't know what that means. But yeah, and, and they've obviously they've obviously got the problems with um, Alexis Sanchez, haven't they? He, he was a big talking point. Another real disappointing performance from him. I think their main problem is playing at home. Away from home, they seem to be perfectly okay, which worries me. Head of this Saturday, West Ham play Man United in the early kickoff. I just think there's a there's a real sort of expectation and pressure upon United to perform well at home and play entertaining football. You know, they need to just get the job done as they're doing away from home. When we last saw United before the Wolves game at Old Trafford, I think it was the Tottenham game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And yeah. a real intensity about them in the opening 45 minutes, but they couldn't sustain it. They didn't have the quality there to do it. And um, they just lost the game as a result. And again, on Saturday, they didn't particularly, didn't really impress Rout. I know they took the lead, but Wolves were the better side. Wolves could have easily beaten them and probably should have done. So really, Jose's main issue there is to find a winning formula at home. They've got to produce a result somehow. They can't be, you know, with the greatest respect to Wolves, they shouldn't be drawing to a newly promoted team at Old Trafford. Uh, we mentioned Pogba there. A, a fearsome, hostile environment yeah. again, haven't they? Uh, we've mentioned Pogba. I just want. We'll come back to him later on. But Sanchez is is I find it a fascinating subject at the moment to talk about because you're looking at a player who I think is just completely bereft of the confidence we've seen him have before, and also a player that when the match goes to one-one at, at Old Trafford on Saturday, so therefore you know United need to have their big men on the pitch to to, to get back into it. Mourinho takes him off. Yeah. Um, he's got three goals in 23 games for Manchester United it's nowhere near good enough and what's going wrong with him? Not not on 400 grand a week I wonder if there's other issues with Sanchez I know that we documented that he had split with his girlfriend earlier this season you do wonder what happens off the field how that affects players mm. on it 
And he just hasn't settled, has he? And I don't think he's really found a position in that team either. At Arsenal, he was the focal point in that team. And um, he was playing through the middle. This Man United team, I couldn't tell you where he plays. You know, he just hasn't really found a groove. So the, the problem is, he's just not settled in that team, is he? No, I mean, it's also the problem that he, perhaps the rest of the team, look at him and, and, and think, well, because he's here, it's it's sort of stunting the development of the likes of Rashford and Martial and things like that. And you just wonder about, you know, players talk, don't they, in dressing rooms, and he just doesn't look to be a, a happy figure there. No, it doesn't. And I think, think back to right back to when he first signed there, there was a bit of a tug of war, weren't there, with Manchester City and you know Pep Guardiola now must be looking across the city and thinking... Yeah, got away with one there. Mm. Like if if he'd have gone there on, on big money, you know, there's n- there's nothing to say that he wouldn't have thrived under Pep. He obviously played under him at Barcelona, but yeah, I mean, it's a massive shame for United. They obviously got him in a, a cut price deal because he only had six months left on his contract, so it was risk free, I suppose, in that respect. But as Matty alluded to, uh, massive wages, one of the biggest in the Premier League, and for that sort of money, you want you want a better return than three goals from 23 games, as you said. Definitely. And it, you know who it reminds me of? I was thinking about this on Saturday. Was it almost echoes Fernando Torres. Mm. At Liverpool, he was a sensational player, unplayable. And he was just the go-to guy for Liverpool to get him out of trouble. He's not that for, you know, no. he wasn't that for Chelsea. OK, he had that moment, didn't he, mm. at the new Camp. But yeah. apart from that, he had a pretty torrid time at Stamford Bridge. I just see some parallels between him and Alexis Sanchez. Look, the grass is not always greener. No, um, and another element of, of the, the sort of the performance that everyone was talking about after the game, mainly because what he said was, was Pogba. Um, as James said before, he's gone on social media now. and Is is it just another one of these stories that we're going to be talking about after every game they don't win? It's Pogba against Mourinho again. you know, Because as, as you said before, they won three games in a row away. Yeah, they and come, Pogba was happy, wasn't he? Yeah, you know, you, you, got two goals in the Champions League. If we're talking about Paul Pogba last... Wednesday, we're talking about a happy Paul Pogba. Yeah. Fast forward to the Saturday. weekend, and he's all of a sudden he's he's unhappy again. Look, for for me, what it shows is that Paul Pogba wants to win games. I don't think he cares where he plays. To be quite honest with you, he just wants to win. And he actually made a good point. The tactics are too negative. Man United shouldn't be held by a newly promoted side, as I've said. And at you know at Old Trafford at home, they've got to attack more often. They can't be absorbing pressure. They've got to go at it and. And they started well, they had that goal, didn't build upon it. And I think that was his frustration. If you rewind sort of like a decade, imagine having this conversation, Manchester United struggling at home. Mm. No one went there and got anything Absolutely for years. And, and now, you know, I know we've been saying this for a couple of years now, but teams go there and they've got nothing to fear. No. They go there thinking, well, we can turn these over. And that's not just the top six teams. That's teams lower down as well. So, yeah, yeah I think it's definitely problems for United. I know Jamie Carragher said that, as things stand, he doesn't expect them to get in the top four, which is remarkable. As you say there, other teams and teams like Wolves, I mean, it was an absolute free hit for them, wasn't it? They're going into that game. They've obviously got lofty ambitions, as we know, Wolves. But at the end of the day, if they lost to Man United Old Trafford, nobody would have been no. too yeah. surprised. Mm-hmm. So why aren't they having a go? And they did, and they could have won it. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, it's just, I think it comes down to mentality. And I do think there's an issue there, as I said, that players are just freezing at home because they, they feel this expectation and they feel a kind of duty to perform well and, and put on a bit of an entertaining show but away from home the shackles are off and it, which, is, which is really unusual I think because Man United are not the type of fans who who turn on their team at home I, I haven't heard of that they're not like Arsenal or, or mm. teams like that they don't seem to boo or anything so a bit unusual that the players would feel that way but it must be down to the manager and how he's setting them up 
because, like I say, it's just too negative. Yeah, okay, so they've got Derby in the League Cup coming up this week, and um, you mentioned about the home problems they've had, but that just seems like a chance to maybe put out a stronger team than you'd think. You'd think so, but would have. again, you know, Mourinho has given great respect to this competition in the past compared to other managers, but I, I just think that given their tough Champions League group, there are other focus areas for United, and the Carabao Cup isn't one. Mourinho loves winning trophies. He's a serial trophy winner. But Carabao Cup, this is an opportunity for him to, I think, bring in some young players and see what they're like. I wouldn't be surprised if Derby can win this title tomorrow. I, as, I think this is a potential banana skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. If, I might end up looking like an idiot if United <laughs> yeah, go on, like go on United 5 0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a nice little narrative to it, isn't there? With, with Lampard going, obviously going back to meet Mourinho, having mm. starred under him in, in both Mourinho spells um, at Chelsea. And Dar- Derby, are, they're a good team. You know, they're a, they're a yeah. funny side, they're a bit up and down, a bit inconsistent. Yeah. Um, they got beat by Rotherham a couple of weeks ago, but then you saw on the weekend the turnover Brentford, who've been arguably the most impressive team in the Championship apart from Leeds um, so far this season. Um, but you know they've got good players there, and on their day, um, you know they're as good a team as there there is in the second tier. You'd expect them to play a strong side. Playing Saturday, Tuesday isn't out of the ordinary for Championship teams, so I don't see them going and making um, sort of wholesale changes. And you know if United lose this one, then the pressure really will be on Mourinho. It will. Um, we're going to go back to the League Cup later on because we're going to keep on looking at the, this weekend's Premier League action. And we're next going to go to a game you were at, Massey. West Ham nil, Chelsea nil. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's one of those if you're at home on the sofa, you're probably falling asleep watching that one. But, but you, you, you were very much awake, though, I thought. I didn't you know, mind it, yeah. I thought result. it was a good game. And um, I was really impressed with West Ham. I thought we, we defended excellently. Uh, Declan Rice is superb. But, you know, there's a player whose contract is up at the end of the season. Big teams would be sniffing around mm. him, that's for sure. And, and interestingly, he was the only Chelsea Academy product on the field. Chelsea <laughs> didn't have a single English player in the starting lineup. They only had Gary Cahill and Ross Barkley, who came on um, as the only English contingent on their bench. And Declan Rice was released by, by the Blues uh, five years ago when he was a teenager at 19. And he, look, he's, what he's shown is that he's a Premier League regular now. And it's perhaps the big teams like Chelsea you're not going to get that opportunity and that's the worrying thing I think if you're a Chelsea fan you got they've got a fantastic team but they just buy their way out of problems don't they it's a shame mm. to see and Declan Rice is proof that what they could have had and he's winning he's rightly winning plaudits at the moment England want to prize him away from Republic yeah. of Ireland because he fits the mould for Gareth Southgate he can play as that anchor in midfield or he can slot in at the back and he's 19 years old people forget that and he's already played 30-odd games in the Premier League. So there's a lot of potential there for Declan Rice. And I think West Ham really need to get him knuckled down to a, to a long-term deal, what he's worth. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But West Ham, they seem to have got themselves sorted. I think that Everton win really sort of turned yeah. the season around. They looked organised yesterday. And, to be honest, I think they were Marco and Altovic away from winning that game. Mm. Mikel Antonio was put up front. Still don't think he's quite match fit in a minute. And he had two good chances. Kepa made a fantastic save in the first half from point blank range. And then second half, I think we witnessed the miss of the season. Yeah. <laughs> Andre Yarmolenko, superb delivery from Robert Snodgrass. And um, the goal was gaping. And Kepa had no chance of saving it. And Yarmolenko's absolutely shanked it wide with a 50p head yeah and uh, the West Ham players today they've I've seen that they've yeah. printed out signs you know blockhead <laughs> signs and stuck it on his uh, 
his dressing room locker. Yeah. So, but he seems to have taken it well, doesn't he? Which is a yeah, sign that maybe yeah. the, the atmosphere is fine there and all that. Yeah. It happens, unfortunately. Yeah. But how big could that have been? You know, that could have been two massive wins on the spin. It would mm. have ruined Chelsea's winning start, and it, well, the one hundred percent start yeah. has changed. But looking at Chelsea, I think they've got an outstanding midfield there. They really did boss it. But it's games like that that they need to kind of get the job done. And the real problem with Chelsea is is up front. In the centre forward. Yeah, they need a centre forward. I'm still not convinced that Giroud is a player who can start games. I still think he's better as an impact sub. But then you look at the bench and you've got Morata and you think, you know, they're, they're better off just cutting all ties with him just in January bereft of him. confidence doesn't, yeah. doesn't want the ball when it, when he gets the ball it's bouncing off him you know it's not not good to see really from no him. I see yeah. it. and then he's just got this problem with confidence a similar situation to Alexis Sanchez but you've got players like Willian and Hazard who are a constant threat West Ham actually just dealt with them but mm. I think Chelsea if they're looking to buy it has to be a striker yeah I mean you mentioned the midfield there um, Jorginho set a Premier League record 180 yeah. attempted passes he wasn't playing darts he's 180 hey. attempted <laughs> passes but as we were, we had the conversation in here yesterday how you, how useful was that yeah, yeah I, mean, well, I, I think I, it, it wasn't you know, they're, they're side to side they're, they're not really getting anywhere and obviously Sarri's got him in because he's he's his man on the, the pitch ball. and he was very good in a game earlier this season Newcastle I watched he was fantastic but in this game he just didn't really achieve much with those passes our colleague Alex wrote a, wrote a piece didn't he that sort piece, of yeah. debating on whether that was, that was the result yeah, of that conversation yeah. Yeah. And whether, <laughs> whether the you know this Premier League record actually hindered Chelsea and you know you can see where he's coming from in the respect that out of 180 passes how many were forward incisive dis- defence splitting passes were there weren't any well, that's it. and Sarri was saying after the game like going back to Declan Rice they were so frustrated they couldn't get anything down the middle so it was pointless you know and that's where Chelsea that formation actually, they were so contained in the middle, but didn't offer much going out wide. They were mm. looking for Hazard and William to be the sort of outlets on a wing, where sometimes you want to see Hazard cutting inside, and that's what Chelsea missed yesterday. And maybe Jorginho, because he's trying to dictate play as a playmaker, there is kind of hampered, um, you know, hindered him slightly on that one. Uh, one comment that Sarri made which caught me after the game as well. He said. Um, it's going to take them a year to catch up with Liverpool. Now, I mean, you perhaps understand that if you're talking about Manchester City, but he's talking about the team who were, you know, who were fourth last season. Chelsea weren't too far off that. Um, but he's talking about, you know, I think he was perhaps referring to the fact that Klopp's been there for a few years, hasn't he? And, and he's, yeah. done, he's not been there for very long. But they've got a big week now where they're playing Liverpool twice. Yes. Um, is he doing that to maybe take the pressure off from? I think so. I think that's a, a great deflection yeah. tactic from the manager there. It's almost to say, look, We've got two away games here coming up, and it might be a tough one. First one's away, second so, one's yeah, up. we've got an away yeah. game in the cup, league cup, yeah. and then you know, look, let's see see what happens. But mm. I wouldn't be surprised. I think this is going to be Liverpool's toughest test so far. Uh, cup game, I don't think. Look, you write that off straight away. Mm. There's, there's going to be two but, heavily changed teams. You think yeah. in the cup isn't there? Anything, anything could happen. Liverpool there. go through, yeah, just because they're at home, and I think they'll be stronger mm. on the night. But Saturday at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I'll be. I think it's going to be a really tough afternoon um, for mm. the Reds, and that'll be a really good test to see how yeah. far they've come. Um, so we may as well stay with Liverpool. Then they they got a, what is by now a pretty sort of routine win, isn't it? To to, yeah. to see against a, a team who turn up at Anfield probably expecting to lose maybe two or three nil, and and they got the job done pretty early. A few sort of interesting names in the team. So Joel Matip came in, scored a goal. Yes, um, you know, and obviously he rotated in the midfield a little bit. Left out Naby Keita, played Shakiri in a more attacking position. He was brilliant in the first half. Yeah, um, uh, and just a routine victory, really. 
Well, he's, it was, and, and Salah, thankfully, yeah. is he's off the mark again. Yeah. He's, he's sort of, we were talking about him last week, weren't we? So, you know, what's going wrong with him? But he looked like he was back to his best again and probably come at the right time for him that game. But looking at the back, what was good to see there, Matic comes in for Liverpool and Van Dijk was brought off early. Hopefully, it's not too serious. I think he's fine. He had a bit of bruised rib. I think yeah, he was all so right. Yeah, that he'll be involved uh, on Wednesday no. night. But it just shows you the strength and depth that Jurgen Klopp's got now that he can make those changes and he can make them confidently and get the result. I thought Sh- the Shakiri sub was really interesting. Mm. Like yeah. he's, he's he's obviously um you know he's he's not a player that starts every game. He started this one he played brilliantly in the first half, set a goal up at the bar with with a free kick. Uh and then he gets hooked at half time yeah. and I think obviously Klopp's I assume Klopp's got an eye on midweek. Uh he's he's a player that will probably start against Chelsea you'd think in the league cup. Uh, and obviously, obviously looking further beyond, but you know, it shows that you know, as as brilliant as Liverpool are going forward, and all that, Klopp's still very astute, isn't he? Yeah, not, not silly like to to hook a player like Shakiri playing so well after. I honestly think I, I watched the game, and I don't think honestly, I've never seen a player do more in forty five minutes and not score a goal, yeah. but contribute to the to yeah. the kind of game. He, he he forced the first goal and the third goal, the own goal and the yeah. Salah tap in. He was everywhere, but yeah, I think it's more of a. Klopp said that he, he wanted a bit more of a disciplined approach and so who do you turn to? He turns to James Milner because he's yep. Mr. Discipline, isn't he? So I think the important thing is that Shakiri perhaps doesn't feel a bit put out by that. Um, and he's got he's a bit of a interesting character, isn't he? Someone who's always sort of divided opinion. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a big thing for him now if he can go, all right, fair enough, I got taken off. He, it's a big game now for him against Chelsea again on, on Wednesday where if he can come in and score a goal, look good, then it just dispels any idea of any problem. And I think he's got the fans on board, hasn't he, after yeah. that 45-minute display. I think it was one of those signings that Shakiri. we know what he's capable of on his day, but, you know, he never really set the world on fire. By the, la- the last couple of months uh, of last season, he was a disgrace. He was, he wanted that. So yeah. he's got a lot to prove still. And I think that was Klopp's way of just saying, all right, well played, but, you know, you yeah. haven't done it quite yet. And just keeping him his feet on the ground and... Um, Quite close, quite short, but, and he yeah. quite close yeah. to the ground. But, but it's looking to me at the moment that's that's a bargain for twelve million. Yeah, I He's, think I think this week has actually been, I mean, very good signs for Liverpool. The fact that they, they've got basically two wins, two big wins with their first eleven, if mm. you like, last week in the league, and then obviously against PSG, and then to follow that up with a you know rotated side and still win comfortably, that's good signs for the rest of the season. Obviously, they're going to have they're going to be playing deep into four competitions plausibly. You'd say. Yeah, and that's why I think this 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 weekend presents Liverpool's toughest test because it's the teams like Chelsea they have to go out and they have to win away from home. If they can do that, then I believe they're genuine title contenders. I still think it's too early to to get excited about it. I know they've had an amazing start to the season, but we've seen it before, and they need to sustain it. And Man City, okay, they had a wobble at Wolves, but what they did against Cardiff was that was classic Man City mm. performance. Um, under Pep Guardiola brilliant reaction as well because you know, they were dismal in midweek they were dismal and I think they took Leon too lightly and they were given a, a cruel reminder of how tough it is in the Champions League but most Man City fans would probably say look they'd rather retain the title they don't want to be seen as one season wonders they want to be seen as a team who can uh, create a dynasty and this is the opportunity from this season to do that so beating Cardiff 5-0 was a great marker to lay down and um, Liverpool I think that will just remind them that it's not just about their form. They've got to be looking at City as well. Yeah, and City are 
I mean, at the end of the day, City are only two points behind Liverpool. There's there's a lot of talk about Liverpool's 100% run. If City beat, I think they've got Brighton at home on Saturday, then they're top for at least a few hours yeah. before Liverpool play. City, I think, on the quiet have had quite a kind run of fixtures. I think uh, they played Arsenal first day of the season. And then if you include this Brighton one, that's the six after that have been the three teams that were promoted this season or the three that were the season before. So yeah. they're games that they needed to win, really, to, especially the pace Liverpool are setting. But yeah, you're right, against Cardiff, they just looked they looked unstoppable. A couple of goals from Mahrez as well, which is quite big, I think. Yeah. Um, in the, his first two for the club. Um, and he's sort of settling in. What do you think about well. Cardiff? I think, do you think, do you think they're going down? I mean, yeah, you look I at them in Huddersfield and... Cardiff would have still the one of a, at the minute, I'd probably say Newcastle. Yeah, I mean... I got a bet on Cardiff, Huddersfield and Southampton, the three of them. See, Southampton, they should have beaten Brighton last week. Yeah. And that was a poor result for them in the end. I think they should be worried. I think they'll be down there in the mix, for sure. Um, but Newcastle, Mike Ashley was there watching that game. And I just, again, it's it's... Rafa Benitez, he's got a good result at Crystal Palace. Most teams would take a nil-nil there, wouldn't they? Mm. Um, well, a draw, so, sorry. And yeah, it's it's one of those that um, he's desperate to invest in that squad. It's just I don't think he's going to do it, is he? I mean, it's it's obviously he can only do it in January now. So so you'd like to think if he's looking at it now, the situation that they're in now, then then he might sort of look again at, at December time. But there's valuable points to be won between now and then, isn't there? And and, and Newcastle. I mean, it's all—it's one thing sending a message to Ike Ashley. It's another thing getting points on the board, isn't it? And I'd like to see him go for games a bit more at the moment. I—I I think there's going to be a big job comes up soon, and Rafa Benitez is going to be near the top of that betting list. Man United. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good gesture for a podcast. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, that it doesn't really work on the yeah. podcast set, but he kind of shrugged his shoulders and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't. What you reckon the Man United job will come up? No, no. I wasn't. I wasn't alluding to Man United, but I just think you know the way football is between yeah. now and Christmas, there will be a big job comes up. I just I can't see Benitez sticking around there. He's you know you... utterly wasted there. Mm. He's, he's managing a football club that's going downhill fast, if we're honest, yeah. and, until something changes at the top. And you know he's one of the top five elite managers in, in world football. And then who goes in at Newcastle? Maybe Moyes or someone like that. You know, Kerbishly, sixteen to one. He is, he is available. Yeah. So we've had a quick look at the Premier League there, but we should just look ahead to the upcoming League Cup games. We've already talked about uh, Manchester United against Derby. Can I just mention quickly? I think it'd be completely remiss of us while we're talking about games we were at. I was going to put this in later on, but all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> if you've did not you, seen, did you see a nice goal at the weekend? If you yeah, have where, where not you at the weekend? seen. Uh, John McGinn's goal for Aston Villa. Well, I mean, if you haven't seen it, you must have deliberately avoided social media for the whole weekend. Everyone's seen it, yeah. But go and check it out. Undoubtedly the best goal I've ever seen in the flesh. Was it like, when it went in, did you, were you tempted to just sort of was like... It applauded, it, it was a goal, it, yeah. It wasn't applauded, but I literally looked at the bloke next to me. He looked at me and he just went, fair play. <laughs> what a goal. That was an equaliser, wasn't it? It was, oh, and yeah. I think we'd only just scored as well, so yeah. it was that... Ordinarily, that was a goal that would completely knock the stuffing out of two two and a half thousand fans or whatever we yeah. had there. But it was just like, well, great win for Sheffield Wednesday, that mate. I mean, yeah, on the road, and you got to wonder how long Steve Bruce sticks around at Aston Villa. Mm. They've invested the, in him. The, their supporters on the way out were uh, they were they were wanting his head, to be honest. So, you know, it seemed like a really good appointment when he went there, 
and obviously he got them within sort of a hair's breadth of promotion, didn't he, last year? As you said, they were one goal away. Yeah, and uh, then they had a, obviously a summer of turmoil, eventually got took over, managed to keep Jack Grealish, which was a superb bit of business. You know, he, he was their best player again yeah. on the weekend, apart from apart from again doing what he did. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's difficult, isn't it? It's the championship's so tight, you know, there's four points between first and twelfth. So you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write anyone off just yet. Anyone could go on a run in that division. Yeah. Villa could be top at Christmas. You know, you yeah. never know, do you? So, but um, they need to get results on the table, don't they? That's that's for sure. Yeah, well, you score a goal like that, you think you should be awarded like three goals. So they should, they should, <laughs> yeah. they should have won the game yeah. for me, three two. Well, on, the new, on the new FIFA nineteen game, which was reviewed for Mirror Football, comes out this week. Um, One goal is worth three goals. You can do house rules where you can. Um, get an extra goal if you score from outside oh the that's brilliant and you can take off uh, fouls and all is that is that what you do when you're playing Freddy then just to give you a leg up yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> although I'm I'm accused of scoring too many sweaties which is where you just tap it in for close range oh, okay. that's how I score goals yeah no I, 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 I like that I like that, that, um, that Lacazette scored a sensational goal yeah, yesterday didn't he yeah I do if like that if we're talking about idea. good goals that was a good goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, he, he, he took it really well. And he, what was it? He celebrated in a spine-chilling manner, according to Garth Crooks. Yeah. <laughs> Strange. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'll be honest, my, my spine was not chilled, but... Um, <laughs> It, it it was a strange one. Um, anyway, uh, we were can't talk, do we that were, on a new FIFA. We were going to talk about the League Cup, so we should do that quickly. Arsenal got Brentford. Interesting um, yeah. all London clash. Uh, we've already spoken about Man United against Derby. Quick on Oxford against Man City, because this sounds really good to me. It sounds quite fun. Yeah. If you're if 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 you're if you're Oxford, you know, in terms of like just just why not have a go? Well, why not? But it's one of those where you can see it becoming a complete cricket score, and it could be like six 0 Man City. They've had a really bad start, Oxford. Yeah, it's just like this. For those this that don't just, look that that far down the league. This is yeah. just quite nice for them, isn't it? Because yeah. they've got no pressure on them. Yeah, Carl Robinson in desperate need of result. But a good and thing if he gets it against Man City. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is for um, Oxford, look if they can take City to full time level. Goes on penalties anyway. So, yep, goes straight away. You know, there's there's a chance to. This is why I do think you'll see a few more shocks than you than yeah, the normal this, which is this great. week. This is this um, is brilliant to see, isn't it? Yeah, uh, certainly as a West Ham fan because we've got Macclesfield and historically we've played these lower league teams and it's always been like oh god here we come extra time and yeah it's just awful. But mm. At least we get a penalty shoot. Yeah, <laughs> get a bit of excitement. Well, it's great pass with Munden, wasn't it, in the last round? That <laughs> yeah. seemed to be a good for penalties. It was, yeah, we went 1 0 down. Uh, we've mentioned Liverpool Chelsea. We expect to see wholesale changes for that one from both sides, maybe yeah. 11 each, especially with the league game in mind. And speaking of changes, Tottenham are changing their ground for, for the game <laughs> against Watford. Yeah, Where completely they're playing, changing. At, playing at Milton Keynes. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a sad state of affairs. 50 miles it? away or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think the, the rumour is that. Um, a lot of Spurs fans are going to boycott this one, and I'm, I'm not surprised either, to be honest. You know, why would you want to make the the, the, the trip to MK Dons for that? I don't know. Look, I know, I, I know, I don't I, know if I, the club have laid on any travel or transport. I don't know, but it just seems bonkers to me that they couldn't change the ground to Watford. Why didn't they just yeah, reverse the yeah. tie and say, okay, in the event that Tottenham Stadium wasn't ready for this fixture, the team that they have drawn will be the hosts. Yeah, I, I just don't see, and even the way it's worked out, you know, Watford's not far away, is it? So no, I mean, no. Watford fans, no. it's, it's not too bad. Is mm. it? it's, it's the next stop on the uh, on the Virgin, yeah, on, on the train. But um, gone look, through there many a time. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you're if you're a Spurs fan and you live in Essex or you know you live in North London, to get to Milton Keynes is, is a real kick in the chops. 
Especially at that time on a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, having to go for a rush hour. Well, at least you don't it's go at extra bother, time, eh? Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's um nice little sort of bonus, isn't it? That but think, that, there, there's away teams that have been stung by Tottenham's failure to get their ground ready, hasn't it? I've seen Man City fans moaning about it's having... Got put, it's got put to the Monday. ...having booked their train tickets and yeah. stuff like that. So I, my sympathy with Tottenham is extremely limited, I think. No, I just think it's, it's crazy how they've expected that stadium to be ready in time for the season when it actually looks like now it's not going to be ready until um, next season is one of the latest it's reports. Every time you see a picture of it, like the latest pictures that we get here, it just looks nowhere near ready. It doesn't. It doesn't look ready at all. I know I know there are people working sort of round the clock to get it done, but it's just too much work to do. Even the infrastructure on the outside, that that all needs to be in place. And, you know, it's, it's sad, really, because it's one of those stadiums really looking forward to yeah. going oh, it, to this season. It'll be brilliant when it's finished. Yeah, but <laughs> it, it looks sensational. Yeah. Um, when it is finished, who knows? Mm. Just needed to be a bit more realistic with the timescale on these things. You know, you can't just put up a new stadium. It's not DIY SOS. <laughs> maybe, they they need get, to, maybe they need to call them in. Yeah, maybe they need Nick Knowles and the team. To get him on the phone. Right? He'll sort it out. Like, speaking of FIFA, you can play in a new top stadium. As Nick Knowles. FIFA. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a DIY SOS team. What, how how does it look on FIFA? Is it nice? Yeah, it's brilliant, yeah. is it? Yeah, you don't see near the scaffolding. You see it at the <laughs> London Stadium, but um, surely that's got to be a first. Has a team ever not play, not played in their ground before? You played it on FIFA. That's, yeah. that's like your real life. Well, we've been playing at Ivy Lane for the last twenty oh, yeah. years now. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Tottenham might end up yeah. at Ivy Lane at this rate. <laughs> that's, that's what the next round is if they beat Watford. Um, <laughs> I saw that tweet. Did you see that tweet from Wolves? That was brilliant. Yeah, and yeah. They, um, yeah. they basically. It was the first time Molyneux had been in FIFA and they were really happy about it. And they yeah. said, oh, look how great Molyneux is. And the next tweet was, we'd like to thank Ivy Lane for uh, for their great <laughs> hospitality <laughs> over the past few years. <laughs> so, yeah, we look Before forward to uh, Tottenham's next round of the League Cup in Ivy Lane if, if they get past Watford. I mean, it isn't guaranteed. I wonder what their hospitality guaranteed. is like. I'll have to ask Jake Murtaugh. he probably been a long <laughs> uh, Right then, so you enjoy your, uh, your League Cup matches this week and um, we'll be back soon to talk you through the next round of Premier League games and more, I guess. Thanks, Matty. Thanks, James. Uh, pleasure, mate. And get well soon. Aaron. Well, we'll try and find him. You know, try and send out. He the could SMS. be anywhere. If Absolutely we can anywhere. locate him, there will be a podcast later. If this you're week. listening, Aaron, you know, we love you. We want you to come back <laughs> and stay safe. Yeah. Right. Then.